Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello, my beautiful people. We are here with Camille, bride-to-be, former OTF, or well, maybe she's still going to Orange Theory. We're going to get into it. But Camille, I am so flippin' excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. This is going to be a blast. Okay, so you posted in the community area in the membership your progress photos. And that's actually how we got connected. We were in the program and you shared your story. And without me sharing your story for you, I would love for you to describe what you put in that post and how the hell you got here today. So give us a little bit of background about what you posted about in the membership that really caught my eye. Yeah. So I posted for the first time um, some progress photos of my weight loss. And what I shared was that basically I had had many attempts at weight loss and just had like a roller coaster of like fad dieting experiences previously. And I started listening to the Hot Healthy Never Hungry podcast after I'd heard Lauren on Sheena's podcast. And then by like listening to the podcast and following like your post on Instagram and then eventually joining the membership. I was able to lose weight. So in the pictures I posted on my progress photo, that was only seven pounds apart because I really didn't have a progress photo from the beginning of when I first started listening. So the pictures I posted were losing seven pounds in nine weeks. But actually, since the time I first started listening, which was like August 15th until now, I've lost 12 pounds. Woo, 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 woo. Moment of celebration, baby. And can I just say, this is a great reminder for everyone listening. Take the initial photos when you don't want to. Not that Camille was too late in taking them, but I always say all of my clients, every single person who ends up losing weight, even myself, I always wish that I had took a photo when I felt my grossest, most like not confident version of myself. Because when you start to lose the weight, you're going to wish you had that photo from that day. To be blunt, like that day is never the day you want to take the photo, right? Yes. So what I also mentioned in my post was that one big thing that immediately caught my attention from listening to the podcast was the emphasis on protein. And I have actually been a vegetarian like since I was 12. So there were times where I ate like on the healthier side of vegetarian and more vegan And there were times like in college where I was really like cheese and bread (laughs) vegetarian. So within being a vegetarian, like there were times where I was like on the healthier side and times where I was not and just like eating a lot of junk food. And even in my healthiest times where I was following vegan and vegetarian influencers and like taking time to make recipes and eat what I thought was a healthy diet. I never realized or knew about protein. And my whole life, people like always said, oh, you're a vegetarian. Like, how do you get your protein? And I don't know. I think it was just ignorance. I didn't take the time to learn. But like, I just thought they were being mean. And then after like 
um, learning so much from you and about all the things you teach about protein. I realized that, wow, I was like wrong the whole time and not just learning, but actually eating protein has changed like so much about my energy and my mood and my productivity and my creativity. And I'm just like, uh, I can't believe like that whole time I just didn't know about protein and I should have because everyone was always telling me to. That's really interesting. And I think it actually, you know, that really resonates with me because I know in your post, you mentioned like this malnourishment for 16 years, like you felt like you've been not feeding your body right for what, like 16 years now. But um, what also is interesting that I can relate to as well, and hopefully this is the same for you, but it's almost like until you start to eat right, and it's not like you weren't eating right, but we can go out to say like it wasn't as balanced. You weren't perhaps meeting your nutritional needs, but it's only until you start to eat more balanced or, you know, for me, like I started to eat more carbs. For me, I started to eat more protein because I was a vegetarian that wasn't eating enough in college, which is why, you know, I struggled with my weight and disordered eating. But regardless, until you start to do it, you almost don't realize even how bad you felt before that. So is that what I'm hearing, Camille? Like you almost didn't realize when you were this vegan slash vegetarian in the past and not eating a lot of protein, like you almost didn't even realize how unwell you felt or let's put it this way, like how great you could feel if you had started to eat more protein. Yeah, absolutely. And then especially when it came to the times where I would like try to lose weight, I would say my version of healthy. And I mean, I've probably participated in like a number of so-called fad diets. I mean, like intermittent fasting or juicing or raw veganism. Like, I think I bought into like those posts that you see that are like, oh, this is how many calories are in a burger. This is how many calories are in kale. Like, look how much more food you can eat when you eat a ton of kale versus carbs and animal products. And so I thought that, yeah, that is health. That is <laughs> what it means to be healthy. So I got engaged about a year and a half ago. And at that point, I was like, okay, I have a lot of time before my wedding. I'm going to try to lose weight. And in order to do that, I thought that I needed to exercise a lot more than I already had been. So that's why I joined Orange Theory. And I started going like as much as I could. And I knew that people who like gym people would drink protein or eat a lot of protein. But I was like, I'm going to do even less than that. And I'm going to just intermittent fast and work out. Well, gosh, so you joined Orange Theory. You're going multiple days a week, let's say like five, six days. You know, you, you mentioned a ton. And at the time, you're this vegetarian, not eating a ton of protein, not eating a ton of plant-based protein and animal-based protein. So you can obviously eat protein on a plant-based diet, but it's just a little bit harder. And then you also add in this component of intermittent fasting. So, oh gosh, Camille, what happened next? Because I, I'm sitting here like I'm hungry thinking about this right now. Yeah. So I started going in the summer, like two summers ago, and I'm a teacher. So I have summers off and I went like hardcore and <laughs> tried to go at, like almost every day. And then noticed that I felt really great after exercising because before then there was no exercise. But then afterwards, 
it would lead to me having the the feeling of like, oh, I worked out so hard today. I can eat this pizza, no problem. Or I would just try to be so restrictive. And it was fine in the summer. But when the fall came and I went back to work, it was a different story. As a teacher, I work beyond my work hours. And I, on top of that, I commute like an hour each way. So my schedule was chaotic and it was a different story because it was really hard for me to like plan what I ate and even make it to the gym. And then trying to like work, I would just start out my day drinking like black coffee, not eat anything till lunch, maybe have like a salad. With probably no protein, may I add it? And no. so we're having a small little salad after not having breakfast. And it doesn't even have like, not that we need to eat chicken, but like not even a little bit of chicken on there. It's like just veggies. Yeah. And by the afternoon, I would feel so crazy and desperate and like I couldn't focus on anything and was not productive. And as a teacher, um, it takes a lot of energy to teach first grade. But then even when the kids go home, like, that's kind of when our work starts because that's when the prepping and planning and emails and all of the like office work starts. And so I would just feel so like desperate and hungry after school. And I would more often than not just end up stopping and getting fast food on my way home because like I felt so crazy and it was just like a toxic mindset of like, uh, okay, that wasn't the greatest choice. I'll do better tomorrow. And then never did. And it's that all or nothing mindset of like, okay, I'm going to eat so clean, so healthy, not a lot of food because yes, I'm trying to lose weight ahead of my wedding. And then the time comes where I know you mentioned like you felt crazy and that's really the only way to put it. Like you're hungry, your blood sugar is low, your patience is at an all time low. Plus like, I mean, you love your kiddos in class. I mean, first graders, that's a lot of work. Like it's not just like a parent with like a young child. It's like you're responsible for maybe 10, 20, even 30 kids in a room. So you have all of that anxiety and stress and, you know, focus that you have to have. So, of course, you're going to stop on the way home to get fast food because your willpower, when people talk about like willpower, it's like, you know, willpower is the most important thing. But, you know, guess what? You're never going to set yourself up for success if you're hungry and you will never have willpower, whatever that means when when you're so hungry. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that all of that happened. And, you know, because I know your story a little bit more than maybe some listeners right now, Camille, but I know when you did Orange Theory, you actually wrote in your post that you ended up gaining 10 pounds after you increased the frequency of how much Orange Theory you were doing. So for women out there that, you know, honestly, this is not the first time I've actually heard that. I started my career actually as one of the front desk associates at Orange Theory um, when I was in grad school actually studying nutrition. And after that, actually, my first job, I worked with about eight or 10 Orange Theories in the Florida area that I was living. So I had a lot of Orange Theory clients. And I will say the the one theme of Orange Theory, when I think back to those days, were so many women actually increasing, and even men too, increasing how many days that they were doing. Like I've had clients do like two a days at Orange Theory, and they'd be like, I'm not losing weight. I'm gaining weight. Like you could gain 10 or 20 pounds doing a workout class, which is literally the opposite reason of why you're doing it, Right. So for women out there who, well, actually, before I ask you a question, I want to go dive into like how you felt when that happened. When you experienced that weight gain after putting, quote unquote, more effort into this, how did that mentally affect you? Because I know there's other women out there who are going through that right now who probably are feeling 
Not the best, put it that way. So how did you feel in that moment? Yeah, just so, so frustrated because basically I was able to go to Orange Theory like maybe at least five days a week in the summer. And then during the school year, I was able to go like both Saturday and Sunday, but that's about all I could do. Um, And then this past summer, I was like, okay, this is the real summer. This is the one that counts because once school starts, that's it. Like I'm not going to be able to be consistent. So I try to be hardcore and do all of the challenges that they have there. Like if you go a certain number of times per month, there's a certain amount of workouts. You get a shirt, a little Hell Week shirt. <laughs> I'm one of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what I love about Orange Series, or at least the studio by my house, there's all kinds of bodies there. So it wasn't as intimidating when I started. But over time, I would look around and be like, I don't get it. I come here more than the person on the treadmill next to me, you know, like we're doing the same kind of workout. Why don't I look like them? Or why don't I seem like as strong as them? Because I would also see like the weights I would choose versus the ones they would. And now it's just come crashing down on me that it's like, it wasn't about what we were doing at Orange Theory. It was about everything else we were doing outside of Orange Theory that was like different in my life than in theirs or I guess, with people who had like proper diet and balance in their life. So I kind of gave up. At the end of the summer, I went into the mode of like, all right, got to get my classroom ready and prepped. Got to worry about wedding stuff. I got to put this on the back burner because I really don't have any time. Now I guess this is what it's going to be. And I didn't really want to think about it anymore. And so actually, when I heard the podcast where you were a guest on Sheena's It came on by accident. I wasn't actively trying to be like, okay, how can I really lose weight in these next three months? I was just prepping my classroom. And, you know, I subscribed to all of the podcasts having to do with Vanderpump Rules after the scandal. And so yours just came up as I was busy working in my classroom. And yeah, it changed everything. And I'm so grateful that that happened and I heard what you had to say because you just put like a lot of language to the feelings I'd had and introduced protein in a way that wasn't like you weren't trying to be mean to me. You were just this dietitian who knew what they were talking about. And yeah, just so many things that you mentioned in the podcast. I was like, whoa, this really got me out of my cyclical patterns. Um, having to do with like my self-talk regarding like my diet and my exercise. That is incredible. I'm sitting here like this all happened by mistake <laughs> and I'm obsessed with that. The timing is everything. I'm I'm a believer like when it's supposed to happen, it will like don't force it in the moment. And I actually think what's actually most crazy about your story is you literally were at the point of kind of giving up and just acceptance. I'm going to accept my body for what it is. I'm going to go into my wedding like You were not one of those people that were reaching out like in desperation. I have my wedding in three months. We need to lose this much weight. Like you had actually tried much earlier, which is always my advice to women anytime on weight loss, like start as early as you can. But, you know, especially with like a deadline or a wedding, you know, we want to start as early as we can so we can not rush this process and not feel like you have to rush to get there. And actually, I think it is almost a blessing in disguise that you started all of this orange theory journey to lose weight so ahead of your wedding, so beyond early. Because then when you quote unquote like gave up and just not even gave up, but like just accepted yourself for where you were at, 
it actually allowed you to be in the place to be able to accept what really needed to change. Because it never, I agree with you, it never was about the workouts. For you especially, it was about the diet and not just how to be balanced and healthy, but also to give your body what it needed to get benefit from the workouts, right? Big mistake a lot of women make is, you know, if I work out more, you know, more is always better, less calories, or I guess that's not more, but like, you know what I mean? Like more of a calorie deficit, cutting out more food, being more disciplined, doing more workouts. But I'm just such a believer, like, it's crazy when you think about it, Camille, like it's not about doing more, it's about doing the right thing. And it's, you know, you you actually now have seen more progress by working out less. You're still doing it occasionally, I'm sure, but like working out less, but focusing more on the diet piece. So your plan was actually right for your body and you weren't fighting yourself is what I'm hearing too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I had like all summer of nothing to like try to get my weight and my diet and exercise under control. And I didn't. And now that I've been back in like the craziest time of the year, I mean, the beginning of school year, the first trimester, and then also wedding planning, I was able to like learn so much that taking the concepts that you talk about and then making those into habits that like worked for me and then just like building that consistency like you talk about was really what did it. I love what you're saying. And specifically, what you just said back was about having it actually fit your lifestyle and fit your life. And I actually loved that you said that. And I wanted to ask you, what compared to diets you've done before or approaches at losing weight that you've done before, what about how you live your life now with food? What about that makes it actually fit your life? As a teacher, I don't get a lot of time at all. And like I mentioned, like with my long commute to work at home and then working like after hours, even like recess and lunch, like we get recess and lunch, but we're working that entire time. Like we don't actually take a break. And then weekends, I was just between trying to go to Orange Theory and then trying to like stay on top of like laundry. I didn't really prioritize, like I didn't get groceries and plan out the week because in my mind, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep it simple or like I'm probably not going to eat that much. So like I don't need to go get groceries. I'll just end up buying too much. So then what I changed was that I found like foods that I call it like desk food, like food that I could keep in my drawer and in my like little teacher mini fridge so that I could be able to like eat breakfast and lunch and have snacks throughout the day. So like on following your videos on Instagram where you show like protein packed foods from like Trader Joe's and Costco, I ate that up and I like I went to Costco and I got those like veggie frittatas that I could just throw into my bag before I went to work. And then I got like Greek yogurt and string cheese and like apples and berries to put in my little teacher fridge. And then as far as desk food, like I found these plant-based protein shakes from Costco, some protein bars some like canned soup, which it doesn't sound interesting to like the regular person, but like to a teacher to just have that in your desk will really save you because then like you already have something there versus before 
I would panic and then make maybe go to Starbucks. And you can get the right things at Starbucks, I've learned now. But like, try to go for something quick, like grab snacks at 7-Eleven or I would Postmate something. And then two, like, I work out of school where the work food situation is a big deal. And we don't just do potlucks like once a month. We do them every week. I was going to say, when I think of teachers and my clients that are teachers, it is like pizza Friday, bagel Friday. Like y'all celebrate with food and I love that. And honestly, it, it reminds me of the hospital environment, which is what I'm more familiar with just because being a dietitian, like that's the one like actual place I've worked at besides working for myself. But I, I view, especially for my clients in like healthcare or I mean, even an office setting, but I'd say especially my teacher clients, I know the food culture at school. And some schools do allow like parents and families to bring in food, but I know you guys like live it up behind the scenes as a way of celebration. So at your specific school, what is that food environment like? And are there any like themes weekly with food that you have to navigate? Um, yes. Every Wednesday is a potluck and there's food in the lounge, different grade levels like sign up to bring food, but it's every week, the entire school year call it like wacky snacky Wednesday but like wait is it actually called that or did you label it that no I call it that because the schedule is different on Wednesday too but the podcast you had with Sheena you talked about like finding the foods to prioritize that like are worth it for you I didn't do that before before I would like not pack any food for work and be like it's Wednesday like there's gonna be free food there oftentimes more than not like usually it's more than just Wednesday like you mentioned, like with the parents bringing stuff in or like there's leftovers from Wednesday. So then on Thursday, there's still chips out and hummus and like all kinds of things, all kinds of things like ranging from like, yeah, there's the occasional like Costco veggie tray. But then more often than not, it's donuts, baked goods. And that made me think like, ugh, like what is worth it for me? And I think I have this one coworker that makes this like, Basque cheesecake. And then I remember thinking, like, that is the thing that is worth it. And then, like, everything else I can probably pass on unless it's something that I feel like fits, you know? So now I don't rely on, like, oh God, I hope there's free pizza today because I didn't bring anything. Now it's like so much easier to resist. Whereas before it's like, oh, it's Wednesday, it's snack day. Yeah. And it's, it's tempting because when there is free food, I feel like no matter who you are, just the fact that it's free, you feel like you're like doing something positive. You know what I mean? So it makes almost that harder to say no. Plus, there's this whole aspect of like if it's delicious, if it's like chips, right? Like it doesn't want chips, right? We all want chips. But what I'm really hearing in your story is you've become an absolute master at planning ahead. And it even it spoke to me what you said about the weekend with um, like grocery shopping. It's like, you know, I'm not going to eat that much. I don't want to overbuy. I don't want to waste money. And you're actually making me think about me and my husband when we go to the grocery store. Granted, I'm a dietitian. Granted, I love posting my grocery hauls, but I don't buy food for my grocery hauls to show you guys. I buy it because I literally am eating it. <laughs> That's what I'm showing you guys. But me and my husband in the store, sometimes we look around and granted, sometimes I go on like quick little grocery haul trips too. But we always notice we're like, nobody's buying food. Like people buy like one or two things. And like, granted, yes, sometimes like we can all run to the store and get a few things. But I think it is so true. Like a lot of times we like try to underbuy at the store and like under prep, anticipating, oh, well, this is going to be free or, oh, this meal is going to happen out. 
when in reality, sometimes it can almost set us up to overeat at these situations because you didn't pack a lunch with you. I know it's like not revolutionary, but how many people in our lives do we know that just don't pack a lunch, whether you're in an office, you're a teacher in a school, or you work in a damn hospital or an assisted living facility or whatever you're at? Just by packing that food, you're going to be a hundred times less tempted. And that also makes your only option. It doesn't have to be just the pizza that's there. Like you can actually pack something ahead of time and then you're choosing what is worth it based upon what can fit your budget. I love that. For you, when it came down to like what's worth it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like that wasn't difficult for you, meaning it's now not as hard for you to say no to things because you have a strong core value about like what is worth it for you. Talk to us a little bit about that transition. I mean, you went from just saying yes to the food, having whatever was in front of you, these wacky Wednesday snack situations to, you know, packing ahead of time and having just such confidence and like choosing what was worth it and what wasn't. So how was that for you? Was it difficult at any point to like stand up and be like, no, I actually don't want this now? Or was it actually easy for you once you develop this mindset? Well, I think what happened is I started like tracking my calories and not only calories, but seeing how much protein I was getting. Cause like I mentioned before, I didn't never paid attention to it. Never, never had one thought about protein despite being questioned <laughs> at different points in my life. But once I started tracking and seeing like, Oh wow, I actually ate a lot today and I stayed within my calorie budget. Because I remember hearing from you too, like it really is just about calories in, calories out. So then going back, but then I was eating a different way. And so tracking them and then learning like, oh, wow, this is what a day looks like. I didn't feel hungry at all. And then going back and seeing like that I was able to get in protein before the school day started. So yeah, just learning and being like, whoa, I was able to like eat so much. But it really wasn't like so much because I didn't blow my calorie budget that I didn't care to like see like, oh, how many calories do I think are in these cookies that my coworker made or like do the work of like tracking something that didn't have a label on it um, on the food table or just feel like I'm good. Like I have a plan for what I'm going to eat today. I know that if I add a brownie, then I don't know what I'm going to have to take away later to be able to fit it in. And I'd rather just eat the food that I planned on eating. You know, what's really interesting, Camille, is the way you're talking about food. And I say this about, I say this to actually a lot of my clients is when I find that weight loss clicks for women, it's when they're able to approach their goals really chill. And of course you have to be disciplined. There has to be enough motivation, right? But like the way, and, and listeners, listen up to this, like the way Camille is talking about food and making these changes, it isn't life and death. It isn't coming from this deprivation place. It's coming from a place of, I have strategy. I know what I need to hit. And it doesn't have to stress me out. So I'm really curious, in the past, were you one of those dieters that 16 years of feeling restricted? And obviously, I know the vegan vegetarian journey. But were you a dieter that you'd say was like stressed about, what am I going to see progress? What is it going to hit for me? Or were you one of those people that you kind of always trusted the process and you were more chill? Because I'm just sensing this super chill weight loss energy from you, which honestly, I always say I want to bottle it up and have every woman feel this way about her goals. You know what I mean? No, I was not chill. I didn't, I wasn't like an athletic child or anything. So I didn't start working out or learning how to like exercise until I was an adult. And so 
it wasn't until I started going to Orange Theory that I was like, yes, I'm an athlete. And then when I did go to Orange Theory at that point, I was kind of like, maybe I just need to keep going and trust the process then. And then like with the scale going up, I was like, it's muscle, right? Like people say that you're building muscle and muscle. (laughs) We need to talk about that because so many women, even after gaining like, like you did 10 pounds, 10 or 20 pounds being like, well, some of it's probably muscle. And it perhaps is true. But depending on the time in which you gained the weight to gain 10 pounds of fat or 10 pounds in general, the majority of that probably is not going to come from muscle if it happened in like one, two or three months. Right. And when I was not eating protein, like I was not building muscle. You're like, I can confirm it was not muscle. Yes. That's a really good point too, because you will not be able to build muscle without protein. And I didn't know this in the past, but like, it's very hard to build muscle. Muscle, you need, okay, you need the exercise, you need the strength training, you need the proper amount of calories, you need the proper amount of protein. Like, it isn't just, okay, we go to the gym a few times and we gain muscle. Like, it's pretty darn hard. So, anyway, for you, you actually had this thought in your brain before when you were going to Orange Theory, like, oh, perhaps maybe I am gaining muscle. What made you realize you weren't? Let me be blunt and ask you that. I mean, not until I started first listening to you on the podcast. Because I thought I had all my muscle before school started. And I was like, I don't I hope this stays, but it wasn't muscle. So yeah, I also wanted to add that around when school started, my district announced this program where if you walk 200 miles in like a certain amount of time, four months, I think, you would get like a prize. And I saw that and I was like, I want a prize. and. From listening to your podcast and you like talking about walks and stuff, I was like, okay, this will like motivate me on top of everything to just get my steps in because I was like, what can I do if I don't have time to go to the gym as often? And I mean, with my busy schedule, and I also don't live in like the most idyllic, beautiful neighborhood. I don't really want to be out walking where I live. So I decided to start walking during my lunch break. And I realized that if I walk a mile, that'll take me 20 minutes at lunch. And then I'll come back and I'll still have 20 minutes to eat. And then that'll add an extra mile onto my day. So I think doing that most days a week too has really contributed to a lot of it because now like I don't go to the gym at all. And I'm not doing like any weight stuff. I want to and I think I'll reach a point where like that's what's required if I want to continue to lose weight just with like wedding planning. I'm like, I'll start doing weight stuff later on or when I reach a plateau. But for now, I really just stopped Orange Theory, stopped all of my exercising altogether. And just adding those steps has been really helpful. And it's the only thing that I've been doing. Oh my gosh. And I love how you said like, it's not that I don't ever want to do it or I don't know the value in it. It's I'm meeting myself with where I'm at. I'm busy. I'm planning my wedding. I'm, you know, in this tough semester of school. I feel like the first half of the year for school, I know like the second half people are thinking about like summer and like the end of the year. Like, I feel like the first is like, you're getting to know your class. It's super busy. You're getting to know the parents with the grade that you're teaching. Like it's a completely different vibe. And I mean, you heard it here first, guys, less orange theory. Shout out to Orange Theory. I do like you guys, but like less Orange Theory, less structured workouts and more protein. 
hitting the right amount of calories, knowing your budget and adding in a walk when you can, having it fit your schedule. And like, you have to make the time for it, but it doesn't have to be like hours on end of walking. It's like you fit in 20 minutes a day during your lunch break. Arguably, it's going to help your digestion with your lunch at the time you're doing it too. And you are down in weight. It's absolutely incredible. Now, before I let you go, Camille, we have to talk about this wedding weight loss piece because a lot of women feel pressure ahead of their wedding to get wedding ready. And I mean, honestly, as a former bride, because I'm married myself, I know how important the pictures are. I mean, it's not just because for vain reasons, it's truly like you want to feel your best entering this chapter of your life. So for women who are beginning their weight loss journey, or perhaps they are close to their wedding day, but maybe they're not quite there, what type of advice would you give them as someone who literally was going to give up on your wedding weight loss goals to be completely blunt. And like you kind of accepted, like, I just can't even figure this out. I'm not going to lose any weight. Like it's fine. So for someone who's now on this other side and like you've lost all this weight and it almost not occurred by accident, but like it wasn't really part of the plan. What would you say to women who are honestly really stressing about how they're going to look on their big day? Well, what I would say is to listen to your episode on chatting for the wedding. Because I did. Wait, I love that you listened to it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, as like I immediately started listening to like all the back episodes, like on my long commutes and on my walks. But what you said in that episode was like, so the answer is what I would do for my wedding is not different than what I would do normally. I would say like, don't panic. Just try to be really consistent and like, don't try to just not eat or limit all your calories because not only is that not going to work, but you're going to, it's just going to make you feel more frantic and more anxious and like heighten like the panic feelings about weight loss. But if you can just find like some like go-to meals where you're prioritizing veggies and protein and then getting in walks, you really can lose 12 pounds in 12 weeks like I did. And in your program, like 90 Day Fit Babe, I was like, I have 90 days left. And if I even just lose one pound a week, it'll be worth it to just stick with it because there was no other option, really. It's almost like you just have to start, of course, like you can't get anywhere without starting in the first place. But like, you also just have nothing to lose. And that's what I always say to people. It's like, say it doesn't work. Like you're going to at least be better than where you are right now because you haven't even started, right? And I think sometimes starting is almost scarier because you have these expectations of, we have to get here by this certain date, but it all comes down to mindset. And for you, it wasn't, oh man, I only have 90 days. It wasn't a negative thing for you. You're like, okay, I have 90 days. I have even one day to start going in the right direction. And one day adds on to a week, adds on to weeks and weeks and weeks. And that's why 12 pounds in 12 weeks, like it is totally possible. Like a few different choices with food can massively alter the trajectory of your entire weight loss journey. But I think you you said it best, like you just have to start. You just have to do it. You just have to take the risk. Yeah. And I think it's intimidating because people think, oh, I'm going to have to change everything. Like I'm going to Like I'm planning a wedding and then I also have to like plan this new lifestyle. And it's like what you say, it has to fit with like what you already like to eat and what you already do. So for me, I just thought of ways I could maximize protein and veggies and like foods that I was already comfortable making. Like, for example, fried rice, like you don't think of it as it as like a healthful option, but 
Not the fried rice I had at home growing up, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I love fried rice now. Yeah, well, I realized from tracking my foods in the MyFitnessPal app, like if I just maximize by adding like tofu, shrimp, and eggs, and then like a lot of veggies and do less rice and then a little bit less oil, all of a sudden I had a great option that was easy and I knew how to make and I had time for. And I also want to mention, I mentioned being vegetarian and vegan at times. I also recently switched to eating fish, which I don't think you have to in order to like follow this program. But for the amount of time that I have and my schedule, I realized that I could easily get in a lot more protein than I had before by learning how to make salmon. Like my fiance makes fun of me because it's like, yeah, I grew up, I never knew how to bake salmon and I didn't realize how easy it was either. So that's just like what worked for me. And I think I might not have had to do that if I had more time to soak my beans and make sure I could prep all of those things. But just like based on my schedule, like adding fish to my diet really helped me be able to hit the amount of protein that I needed. I love it so much. Well, we are going to need that salmon recipe. You're going to have to send me it. I'll include it in the show notes. I love a good salmon recipe, so maybe I'm selfishly wanting it. But thank you so much for coming on the show, Camille. Thank you for having me. Hey, girlfriend. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about eating right for fat loss and never gaining weight back, I'll be continuing this party on Instagram where you can find me at sorority.nutritionist posting inspiration every single day. Also, if you're wondering where to get started on your journey, be sure to head to the sororitynutritionist.com backslash quiz to take my free quiz that will tell you why you aren't losing weight and what you can begin to do about it so you can see progress faster. You can also find any other links and resources mentioned in the show at the sororitynutritionist.com under free resources. I hope you have such a beautiful day and I will see you next time, girlfriend.